Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. From the den, this is The Howl. We would like to welcome you to the Nothing But Net channel here on Dash Radio. Nothing But Net is a channel like no other featuring all teams and all topics on everybody's favorite sport, basketball. The Howl is also a proud member of CLNS Media Network and can be found on clnsmedia.com as well as Podient, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. The Howl is also produced with thanks to our wonderful supporting partners, Rhyme Sayers Entertainment, the pinnacle of underground hip-hop worldwide, Studio 23, where passion reigns supreme, and Isabel Street Heat, adding a bit of spice into your everyday life. All audio equipment on The Howl is brought to you by Rode Microphones, studio quality with easy accessibility since 1967. All right, it is review preview time on the Howl here. Uh, this is the portion where we go over the games that were and the games that are to come. So a few different uh, games to look at, obviously, in this stretch. We'll start off with, obviously, the game that was unfortunately the uh, least enjoyable, especially if you were one of the people like me and like Kevin that went to this game, which was when the Wolves took on the Bucks, the Bucks last Friday night. Uh, the final score in this one, by the way, ended up being 125 to 95. And I think you could argue that 30 points was actually closer than it should have been. I think if they had played all their players throughout the game instead of at the end, um, you know, for example, Giannis only played 23 minutes in this one. Take that into consideration. They won by 30, and Giannis played t- 23 minutes. That's not good. So if you dive deeper into that, you know, there was a point where I tweeted during this one. There's a chance I think we could lose this game by 50. I legitimately felt that way. You know, I I felt like watching this game, both Jimmy Butler and Tom Thibodeau had basically just killed Carl Towns. This was a very tough game to watch, uh, looking specifically at Carl. So Carl played 26 minutes, 16 points, just seven rebounds, one assist. You know, I took my wife to this game, and the one thing she mentioned was it almost looked like Carl Towns didn't care. 
she felt like the effort was not there. And to be honest, uh, I don't think she was wrong. I think a lot of people share that same opinion. And Carl Towns was uh, maybe rightly so, but he was definitely a bit dejected. Given everything that's going on, I, I can't totally blame him. It's, it's a really shitty situation to be in, uh, first and foremost. I, you know, I'm not envious of Carl uh, and what he has to deal with. You go from being what you thought uh, you were the face of the franchise. Jimmy Butler gets here. It really changes things. And then now you have all this drama coming into this season. Jimmy Butler demands that trade. There's a lot going on. Now, behind the scenes, you hear you know, rumors about how you, know, you have this, this big um, Houston Rockets offer that comes in around this time. So you, and then you also hear that Jimmy Butler is sick. And so you start to question, well, hey, maybe he's getting traded. So I went into this game just with tons of vigor. I was very positive. I was very excited. But then uh, a little before tip-off, you hear, oh, Jimmy Butler's going to play, and Jimmy Butler's going to start, which is not exactly ideal when you're at the game and you're really excited thinking, maybe I'm not going to see Jimmy. And then, you know, we're sitting there watching this game, and the players all come out, and guess who wasn't there? Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler was not there with the team originally. But, of course, you know, after a few minutes, he did end up sauntering out, and uh, the rest is history. Um, you know, Andrew Wiggins has been hurt for a few games now. Uh, this was another game that he ended up missing. So Josh Okogie does get the start, and Josh Okogie continues to be one of the bright spots on this uh, team. I've been so impressed with Josh Okogie. One thing I've noticed from him is that it seems like night in and night out, he finds a way to contribute on both ends. And I also would say he's one of the few young players that every single game I feel like I watch with Josh Okogie getting minutes, he improves. And you can't say that about a lot of young players. So very cool to see that. You know, his stat line's not going to jump off the page. 2 of 10, 0 of 5 from 3. I get that. You know, only four points. But if you watch the games, he just contributes. He's so much fun to watch, and he gives you a reason to be excited. You know, he's a good example of why you can't just box score watch when it comes to the NBA. You really have to watch and, and pass the eye test, which Josh Okogie does. So I definitely strongly tell anyone that hasn't watched yet, take a look at Josh Okogie highlights. Pay attention closely to him going forward. He is going to be a player. Uh, he really is. You know, as far as uh, some other guys to, that played really well in this game, the, the list is very small. Honestly, there wasn't a lot to like about this game. I thought Tyus Jones looked pretty good, uh, but again, Tyus Jones was 4 of 13. Derrick Rose, you know, I thought Derrick Rose looked pretty good at, at, at stints, but he was 5 of 13. You're not seeing a bunch of players that shot really well. I mean, you know, Carl Towns was 7 of 16, which, sadly enough, that was one of the better players on the team as far as uh, statistics were concerned. You just didn't get a lot of, uh, of good shooting. You know, one thing I'll mention, James Nunnally got some minutes in this one because it was such a blowout. 2 of 4 from 3, so... Part of the reason that you brought him in was going to be his shooting, and uh, he proved that he's able to he's able to hit shots uh, when it, when it comes down to it. And how about this nine points in just three minutes? So a pretty impressive stretch there for what you're what you're hoping for from a guy that's going to be kind of a depth guy, a bench guy. So that's another thing to watch for if he ever starts to get minutes. You know, again, you go into this game. We talked about this. You had the Rockets offer. Uh, on top of that, you have uh, some some reports that the Heat. We're jumping in. You start to wonder what's going to happen with the Heat. You start to wonder what's going to happen with a team like the Rockets. Now you're hearing reports that maybe the Sixers are going to jump in. And when, when this game happens, 
you really are like, all right, now I really want him traded, right? I, I, I really want us to go all in and find a way to move on from him. And so you're at the point now where you do hope that is the case. You hope that the team is able to move on sooner than later, uh, especially after games like this where you felt dejected. And, you know, being at the game, I felt sorry for anyone, you know, anyone that was at that game. It was so difficult to watch. And, and kudos to, I, I will say, the Minnesota fan base, they stayed. You know, it was a decent, it was an old, I mean, it was a decent crowd. You know, it's the Bucks, so you're going to get people from Wisconsin that come to the game. But overall, pretty good crowd, and they stayed for most of the game. You didn't have a lot of people leaving, rushing uh, out of the building early, which I really appreciated because you never know what's going to happen when it comes to that. Moving over to the Milwaukee side of the ball, you know, there's not a whole lot you need to talk about other than the whole team contributed. I mean, look at some of these numbers. Deladova had six points. By the way, watch that guy shoot a three sometime. Oof. It is ugly, uh, but he had six points. Uh, Thon Maker, you know, he had eight points, hit a big three in the corner. Pat Connaughton, by the way, me and my, my wife could appreciate him. He's a Notre Dame graduate. She went to Notre Dame, so we're, we're big Notre Dame fans. So it was kind of cool to see Pat Connaughton. Got a couple really nice dunks. He definitely gave you a reason to jump out of your seat, and you could definitely tell there were some Bucks fans there because people were pretty um, emphatically excited when he played well. Tony Snell looked good in the limited minutes. I mean, there was pretty much no one in this team that you were like, man, that what happened there? How about John Henson? You know, John Henson, he's a center. He's a guy that you wouldn't expect this from necessarily unless you really watch the Bucks. Three of four from three. So very impressive there. Brooke Lopez, three of seven from three. Now, Brooke Lopez over the last few years has definitely started to shoot more threes, and you are seeing that as an added piece to his game. So that's not a big surprise, but that tells you a lot. Chris Middleton was on fire, uh, 24 minutes with 16 points, 4 of 7 from 3. So you want to talk about a reason why uh, the Wolves struggled a bit. How about that? 19 made threes from the Bucks. Now, the one thing I will add about the, just in specifics to the three is that uh, the Wolves actually shot uh, the most threes they've ever shot as a team, 43 three-pointers. Now, unfortunately, you only made 10 of those, but it's a step in the right direction. If they can continue to keep hitting shots like this or taking shots like this, continue to put up threes, I'll be very pleased. So that is the other thing to watch for. You know, we talked about Giannis only playing 23 minutes. In those 23 minutes, he made the most of them. He had 15 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists. Giannis, there's a reason why people talk about him. Now, a few times he went, he went to the line. I had someone in my section that just would chant, MVP, MVP, which... I always have to stop myself from yelling at people at games, but uh, I, you know Giannis deserves all the credit and he deserves all the cheers. He's one of my favorite players, and I, I wish nothing but the best for Giannis. And it's a fun team to watch. If you have not seen him play in person, I strongly suggest you do so. Um, Kevin was at this game as well, and afterwards we just beamed. You know, you watch him for a few minutes, and you're just like you're in awe of how good he is. And of course, you shed a little tear when you think about the fact that we took now one of my favorite players, of course. But you know, in hindsight, you took Shabazz over. Uh, you know, a guy in Giannis who's obviously a generational type player. And so that obviously is a little tough to swallow. But again, uh, we do end up losing this one, uh, 125 to 95. The Wolves do lose to the Bucks on Friday night. Again, you're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute Channel. We are the Howl. Now, uh, moving on to the next game after that, the nice thing was it was a, a, a good step in the right direction because we take on the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, uh, the nice thing, you go into this Lakers game, and, and you're worried a little bit just because LeBron tends to have our number. Although last year when they were here with the Cavs, the Wolves put on a clinic. And so you were hoping they could find a way to do that again. But given everything that's going on behind the scenes, I wasn't really sure what to expect, especially after that Bucks game. 
You go into this one and you were definitely a little concerned about what was going to happen next. But in the end, it paid off. This is one of the, the most fun games we've watched all year. You know, I heard uh, John Krasinski doing an interview and he talked about how p- people show up to these games and they're ready to boo Jimmy Butler. They're ready to boo Tom Thibodeau. And, and, and in the middle of this game, all of a sudden you go from being someone that dislikes Jimmy Butler and you start to remember that you just really like the Timberwolves. And I can really appreciate that when you're at the game. Now, do I boo Jimmy Butler when his name gets announced to start the game? You bet I do. Do I boo Tom Thibodeau? You bet I do. And I, I, I will. But once the game starts going, that's the Timberwolves I'm cheering for. I'm not just specifically cheering for Jimmy Butler, but I want wins. Plain and simple, I want wins. And while Jimmy is here, I expect him to give 110%, which he has been, and he, he strongly talks about how he's going to do that, which is great. Now, one of the issues you run into is that when he's giving 110%, it definitely takes away from some of the other players. And that's not Jimmy's fault. That goes back to Tom Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau is a real problem here with this organization. And part of the reason for that is consistently going to be the way they use him. So you talk about how you watch this game and you might think, well, Jimmy Butler, he's the savior. He's the guy that you know got us this win. But that's not to say that other guys couldn't do that. If Wiggins was healthy, if a Kogi was healthy, uh, let's say we made a trade with the Heat and Richardson was here, or even if he's not, just with the with the with the players you have right now on this team, I think Carl Towns could step up and be that guy. I think Andrew Wiggins could step up and be that guy. Now maybe I'm in the minority here with this thinking, but I think they could. I think those guys could step up, and I think they could be solid contributors. So that's going to be something to watch for once Jimmy's gone. Who steps up? But I think you could win this game without Jimmy Butler. The difference being the way the players are used. And, and, and even so, like let's just say you got rid of Tom Thibodeau. I don't know that another coach would just give Jimmy the ball and say, just do whatever you want. Because that seems to be the game plan. And because of that, you have games where it works out really well because Jimmy Butler hits shots. But there's other games where that doesn't happen. And in games where Jimmy Butler doesn't hit these magical shots, then it really brings to light what a crappy game plan you get from Tom Thibodeau. And, and all the more reason why you can't wait for that guy to be gone because he's just a bad coach and he's got bad game plans. And until you see a change there, you're going to have to rely a lot on Jimmy Butler. But the cool thing is on nights like tonight, uh, and nights against the Lakers, is you win this game on the back of Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler looks amazing. Go over and, going over the statistics, how about this? 32 points. He had five, or six rebounds, four assists. He got in the steals column. I mean, the guy was doing it all. You know why that's great? Because you have a team like the Heat that are you know going after him, and here you have the Heat lose. The Heat lost to the Kings of all teams. It's not like they lost to some powerhouse team. They lost to the Kings. And so that's, a, that's definitely a struggle. So you have Jimmy Butler raising his value. You have the Heat lowering their value, and it's all good things for the Timberwolves, and hopefully that can continue. That's something you really got to watch for. But not just Jimmy Butler. How about Carl Towns in this game? 25 points, 16 rebounds. He had six assists. Now, he did have five turnovers, and he did get, some, get into some foul trouble a couple times. You know, one thing to watch for when it came to the turnovers, if you watch this game, Jim Peterson pointed out that someone sent in on Twitter, they sent in video clips or highlights of the two travels that got called on Carl in the first half, and both of them were bad calls. And so it's goofy because historically, travels are the call that you just don't get a lot of in the NBA. And so for that to be a call that gets made twice incorrectly – is really just shows you uh, the kind of respect Carl Towns doesn't get. 
and and I think the kind of respect he deserves. And so that's got to change going forward. And we've talked about this for you know since Carl Towns got here. He's absolutely dominant. He's an all star. He is an all pro. He is a superstar, and yet he doesn't get those calls yet. And you hope at some point that's going to change because watch any of those other superstars out there. They're legitimately traveling. How about LeBron? Not saying he did in this game, but historically LeBron gets away with a lot of travels. And here you have Towns getting called for two different travels, and neither of which were travels. This kind of goes back to that Gorgie Jang thing. Gorgie Jang is to travels what DeMarcus Cousins is to technicals, I feel like. So what you run into is, like, Gorgie Jang, he does this thing where he fakes and then he drives to the hoop, which would be great, except for he travels all the time. Now, I didn't watch last night's game uh, specifically for those specific travels, so I don't know if Gorgie Jang did travel. But that's something to watch for going forward because Towns, if he's not actually traveling and they're still calling it, you wonder if part of that is the Gorgie Jang effect and how it's affecting other players negatively on the team. So that's just a piece to watch for. Uh, this is a really fun game, though. I mean, it did come down to the wire, probably a little closer than it should have been at the end. The Wolves struggled for a while to make shots, but you end up winning 124 to 120. So Wolves take it here. This was in Minnesota at the Target Center. One thing I'll add, you know, we ripped, <laughs> I ripped on Tom Thibodeau quite a bit already, but Going in addition, Derrick Rose playing at the end, there's no excuse for that. Josh Okoge had been a monster in this game. And and instead of rewarding him at the end, you let Derrick Rose come in, play extra minutes, and here he is guarding. I mean, does it really matter? I mean, you have Jeff Teague out there. You have, you have Derrick Rose out there. I'm sorry, but you can't do that. You're putting Derrick Rose in a position to fail. And I think Derrick Rose has had a really solid season. If you look at statistically 11 points, seven rebounds, seven assists. Derrick Rose is getting the job done. He's doing what he's asked, although you'd like to see better than four of 16 shooting. That definitely was a downside. But legitimately, there's lots of things to like about Derrick Rose, but his defense isn't one of them. And it's not that he's not giving the effort, but he's been put in situations to fail. And I think this would have been a much uh, better game if Josh Okoge at the end of the game comes in. Now, if Josh Okoge told him, hey, I'm, I'm tired, coach, that's one thing, but I don't think he did. You watch that guy. He doesn't look tired. He's in great shape, jumping out of the gym, running constantly. And and so there's no reason to think that he couldn't have come in that game and been productive. And so to me, that was a huge mistake. Looking at Josh Okogie, by the way, uh, 6 of 13, he had 17 points, 1 of 5 from 3. But like Jim Peterson pointed out, you want him to continue taking shots. You want him, when he's open, to take shots. And sometimes... You have guys like Jeff T that won't do that. They pass up on wide-open jumpers, and you need to be taking shots. And Josh Okogie's not afraid. So 17 points, 4-4 uh, four four from the free-throw line, which is great. Four rebounds, three assists, and zero turnovers, three steals, and I think he had a block. Josh Okogie absolutely dominated, and you want to see that continue. There's lots of things to like about Josh Okogie's game, and this was a good example of all those things. Jumping over to the Lakers' side real quickly, LeBron James. Starts off this game, misses a bunch of shots. He goes scoreless almost through the whole first quarter, which you wouldn't know by looking at this stat line. How about this? 29 points in 36 minutes, seven or sorry, 10 rebounds, eight assists. Now, he did have five turnovers, and that's more than you'd like. And actually, there's a number of Lakers that really struggled here. Rajon Rondo, four, four turnovers. You had uh, LeBron with five turnovers. JaVale McGree with three turnovers. Four turnovers for Brandon Ingram. So turnovers were definitely a struggle here. And the one guy, by the way, that hasn't really done much so far early in this season is Lonzo Ball. Now, again, he's coming off of an injury recently, but, you know, four points. He had one assist and one rebound and a turnover. Lonzo Ball needs to do better if the Lakers are going to be successful. I think everyone can agree there. And, you know, LeBron pointed out recently, he said, just wait till I get frustrated and you'll see what happens then. And I, 
I, I, I do not want to be one of the Lakers when he gets frustrated and you wonder what's going to happen inside that locker room. But the difference is when he gets frustrated, he leads. He doesn't pout like Jimmy Butler. And that's going to be the big difference there too. Um, you know, some of the other guys, you know, JaVale McGee, what a force he is inside. And, and you're watching this game, by the way, and you just get so frustrated. And Jim Peterson pointed this out a bunch of times. Why are guys going inside and challenging JaVale McGee? He's giving you no reason to think he can't block your shot. He's giving you no reason to think you're going to get that shot off. And, and, and time and time again, guys go in there, and it's absolutely foolish. Or you'll grab a rebound off of your own miss and try to go right back up with it. Taj Gibson did this once. And Jim Peterson goes, look, I get it. You want to go back up with your shot. You know, a lot of coaches will teach that. But at a certain point, just reset. Send it back out. JaVale McGee in this one, 13 points, five rebounds, uh, no assists. But that's not what he's in there for. Two steals, three blocks. Two steals and three blocks. What does that tell you? So just something to watch for going forward. When you're playing teams like this, you definitely need your players to be a little smarter. And at times, we struggled a bit. Uh, you know, going down the roster a little further, how about Rajon Rondo? You know, Rajon Rondo and Lance Stevenson were under the radar selections for the Lakers, and I like both of them. Looking at Rajon Rondo, you know, Rondo had 13 points. Eight assists, which you really appreciate. Obviously, we talked about the four turnovers, which is not ideal. But Rondo gets the job done. Uh, he was one of two from three. Lance Stevenson, two of four from three. So you definitely got some three-pointers up, uh, 12 of 33 if you're the Lakers. You know, we talked about how good the Wolves were from three, uh, just putting shots up. They were much more efficient in this game. They shot 14 of 29 uh, from the three, which is really cool to see. And, and you'd like them to continue to put up large numbers. And the more successful they can be in terms of making shots and putting up shots, uh, the better this team is going to be and the, the longer term uh, they're going to have success. So that's definitely something to watch for. All right, so moving into our preview segment, we start off with uh, tonight's matchup against the Utah Jazz. Now, if we're going to talk about this matchup, we definitely need to go into some a bit of a, some breaking news that we're going to talk about here, which is Jimmy Butler is not playing tonight. Now, he's not playing, reports are, because he's choosing not to play. They have it listed as general soreness or rest, but uh, this is actually the next step in his plan to get out of Minnesota is what the reports are saying. So that is you know, really where we're at at this point is that Jimmy Butler is uh, still pushing very hard to get out, and so he's choosing not to play. Now, absolutely ridiculous if you ask me, especially after he jumps on his soapbox and talks about how he's a harder worker than everyone else and how he's not going to miss any regular season games, and yet here he is doing exactly that. Jimmy Butler, a little bit two-faced, clearly, obviously not a guy you can trust, and the sooner he is off the team, the better. The fact that Tom Thibodeau, the fact that Glenn Taylor are allowing this circus to continue is absolutely ridiculous. Sooner than later, I think what needs to happen is Glenn Taylor needs to step in. He needs to give, you know, the boot to our guy, Tom Thibodeau. And then he also needs to, on top of that, make sure to trade Jimmy Butler for a decent return. My guess would be to the Miami Heat. So, it makes tonight's game a little interesting. Plus, on top of that, we do have Jeff Teague that's going to be out tonight. So now you're talking, you're going to see extra Kogi. You're going to see Tyus Jones likely starting. It does throw things off just a bit. Hopefully, Andrew Wiggins is back. He did have that uh, thigh bruise or that thigh contusion, and he has missed a few games. So hopefully, he is back. And if he is, I expect big things from not only him, but also Carl Towns. Anytime Jimmy Butler doesn't play, I expect big things from our other from our other big name players. 
We need Josh Akogi to take that next step like he has been game in and game out. He seems to improve in some areas or in his overall game. Almost every single night he steps on the court. But even despite all of this, I will say one of the big storylines, of course, if you're going to the game, is going to be Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio is one of our favorite players uh, that's ever graced uh, a Timberwolves jersey. Big fans of his here on the Howl. Again, you're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel. And, you know, as part of what we're talking about here on the Howl, big game tonight against the Utah Jazz. So one thing to remember or one thing, I guess, to consider uh, when you're looking at this is just how good the Utah Jazz are. And despite all these cool storylines, I will say the Jazz are definitely going to win this one. Now, I think it's probably going to be closer than you might think. But in the end, I do think the Wolves end up losing to the Jazz, probably losing like, you know, by six to seven points. Uh, maybe a little more, maybe a little less, but right in that area. So not a blowout or anything. Next matchup that we do have is an ESPN game, and that is going to be the Wolves versus the Warriors. What's really cool about this matchup, ESPN did a really cool sort of a promo uh, based around like 19, you know, the 1990s video games, kind of like a Street Fighter II-esque Wolves versus Warriors promo to, to promote that game that is on ESPN this Friday. Very cool thing. If you haven't had a chance to watch it, I'm hoping that they find a way to put it up. I haven't seen it yet, like anywhere, whether it's YouTube, Twitter, any of those places. I have not uh, seen them put it up yet. But I did notice it last night on ESPN. So something to watch for. It's it's kind of cool. The only thing I'll say about this promo is as the promo ends, they have, you know, it's a kind of a this versus this. They show the four Warriors players, but then they only show three Wolves players. The fourth is the mascot crunch so i was not i didn't think that was real fair but then again espn does not like the wolves does not like minnesota teams so i guess in the end i should not be that surprised but overall i do think this is going to be kind of a fun matchup now reports are out now that jimmy butler may play uh, in this game he's gonna it's kind of be a game by game basis i guess uh, to me if you're gonna sit out just sit out we don't need you we don't want you uh, if you're one of his teammates i don't know why you'd want to play with him i get that you want to win but if you're Carl Towns, if you're Andrew Wiggins, I think at this point you want to just you know wash your hands of Jimmy Butler, just given everything you've heard about what he's been doing behind the scenes. So if Jimmy Butler was to just never play a Wolves game again and then eventually just get traded, I'm more than happy to see that happen, especially because the last game he played is the Lakers game, and he put on a, a show. Jimmy Butler played really well. You know, Say what you want about Jimmy Butler, the, pl- the person, but as a player, he's very good. And, and if that's the last impression he leaves on teams looking to trade for him, I would say, uh, you know, it could go a lot worse. And I don't know that it could go much better. He was he was electric. He was so amazing. So that's one thing to keep in mind. It wouldn't it wouldn't necessarily uh, upset anybody, I don't think, if Jimmy Butler never played for the Timberwolves ever again. Regardless of who plays, who doesn't play. Um, I mean, if Jimmy Butler plays, I guess, I shouldn't say regardless. If Jimmy Butler plays in Friday's game, I do think the Wolves have a better chance just because of what kind of player he is. But I don't want to watch that. So ultimately, I do think the Wolves lose this game, and it would not shock me if it was kind of a, maybe not a blowout, but like if we lose by like maybe 15 points, would not shock me. Maybe 20 points would not shock me, but it's going to be a lot more fun to watch. If you're getting more Tyus Jones, if you're getting more Towns, if you're getting more Wiggins, and they're actively involved in the game, a Kogi, if they're actively involved in the game, I'm totally fine with that. Uh, I would love to watch that, and even in a loss, I think that's a lot that's a lot better for Wolves fans than just sitting watching Jimmy Butler dribble around for two hours. I don't need that in my life. And I don't think anyone needs that in their life. So I do think that's a loss, unfortunately. And like we talked about, the Jazz is a loss. So you're hoping 
you know, the next two games uh, on that or on our road trip on the West Coast, you're hoping those are going to be good games. But I don't know that they will be. The first one after that is going to be against Portland. That takes place on Sunday night. I, I don't have high hopes for that game. I do think that's going to be a struggle. Portland's sitting at 5-2 and two right now. When, when that game comes up, they could be better. They could be worse. It's tough to say. You know, in addition to that, they are a good team. Blazers are a good team. We're in kind of a middling ground. So, you know, of all the games, you know, between the Jazz, the Warriors, and the Blazers, I will say the Blazers game, to me, feels the most winnable. But in the end, I do still think we lose that one. Again, probably pretty close. I think 5 to 10 points is probably all you're going to lose that game by. And then Monday night... 9.30 Central, 10.30 Eastern time. We do take on the Los Angeles Clippers, and this is a game I do think we win. Now, for anyone that doesn't follow me, at the Sports Min on Twitter, I did post recently a video. There was an altercation in uh, the most recent game between Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly. No shock. Those guys obviously have a bit of history. Patrick Beverly is a dirty player. I am on the record multiple times saying I really, really dislike Patrick Beverly. I think he's extremely, extremely... No questions asked. A dirty player. And uh, because of that, I'm, I'm just not a fan. I don't like what he does. I don't like what he brings to the table. And so I, I hope we I hope we blow them out of the water. Specifically Patrick Beverly. I hope we destroy him. And uh, that's all there is to it. But take a look at the video that I did post. Uh, give me your thoughts. But I think 100% what Patrick Beverly does is on purpose. I think he goes low on Russell Westbrook and does try to hurt him. I do. He's trying to take him out the legs. And even if your intention is not to necessarily injure him, I, I do think that, I mean, come on. Take a second to think before you do something stupid, Patrick. How about that? But I'm not a fan. Bottom line, I think he's a dirty player. Go back, by the way. You know, you can watch tons of videos on YouTube of Russell Westbrook, Patrick Beverly, and the feud and the history they have together. And it wouldn't be the first time that Patrick Beverly's hurt Russell Westbrook or tried to. And so that's something to keep in mind. That history is there. And, you know, if I'm Russell Westbrook, I'm not pleased with Patrick Beverly. And if I'm an Oklahoma City Thunder fan, I'm not pleased. Heck, if I'm a Clippers fan, I'm not pleased. Because that's not the kind of basketball I want to watch. I don't want dirty players on my team. I don't want to have to put up with that kind of garbage. So, again, that's the game we're going to win. I do think over this stretch, we do end up going 1-3. and three. I hope I'm wrong. I hope we get, uh, you know, hope we sneak out a win against the Jazz. Hopefully we sneak out a win against maybe the Blazers. I would love to see it against the Warriors, but that seems unlikely. So, that's kind of where we're at. Now, we will end on a, kind of a, a different note away from the, the review preview segment with some more breaking news that Justin Patton, they did announce today because today was the deadline, but they did announce today that they are not picking up the Timberwolves themselves, are not picking up the third-year option on Justin Patton. And I got to be honest, it's, it's unfortunate. Not that they didn't pick it up, but that they picked him in the first place. You look back at that draft, and I know I was, a, I was one of the many, many people screaming at the TV going, draft OG Ananobi and here we are sitting here today and we have a player that probably his Wolves career I would say is probably over if not his NBA career all these foot injuries for a center it's it's bad news bears that's what it is bad news bears so nothing good coming out of this again watch OG Ananobi if you have not for the Raptors the guy is going to be very very good an absolute superstar at a minimum on the defensive end and if he can continue to grow on the offensive end Definitely watch out. Now, I mean, in terms of, you know, what you end up getting, you know, we got Josh Jacoby. I'm not going to complain necessarily about Kogi. I love Josh Kogi. I'm one of his biggest fans. I love that we got him. And if we had gotten OG last year, maybe we don't get a Kogi this year. So that is one thing to consider. 
It, it happened. We move on, and we have fully embraced Josh Okogie, and we don't look back. But in the end, you definitely feel as though the Justin Patton pick was 100% a wasted first-round pick, which is really unfortunate and makes that Jimmy Butler trade make look that much worse. So that's the bottom line here. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's show. Again, if you if you missed any of this, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podient, and uh, anywhere uh, great podcasts are found, and you can listen to the replays. Make sure that you uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. You leave a rating. Make sure you leave a review with the keyword that we mentioned earlier. If you did not hear it, make sure you listen back on one of those aforementioned platforms and, and listen in for that keyword. And until next week, let me get a howl.